Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of the book, Ransom Notes, the subject of the documentary, Ransom Notes, the uh, the wonderful author of, uh, of each and every week, the uh, the emails that come under the name of Ransom Notes, and of course, the, the show host, who is, uh, it, she was a, a subject of a, a long radio series and then took over as her own radio show podcast host. Catherine Ransom is our host each and every week. Catherine, how are you? I am just great, but we're having to sort of begin to think. I don't know what the weather is in New York, but uh, they're predicting uh, ice tomorrow night. And then the next day they're predicting, which is a little unusual for us. We haven't had this much in a, a long time, a foot to two feet of snow. So uh, I'm sort of thinking that I might plan not to have any long hikes or bike rides uh, in the next two or three days. Uh, it may be more fun to just stay inside, but uh, anyway, the weather is coming, and uh, we'll put up with whatever it is because that's what it is. I don't have any control over the weather, and I bet you don't either. No, we got two feet the other day where I am. Oh, so then you know, I, I told someone jokingly this morning, well, two feet of it, that's good. I can put one foot in one foot and one foot in the other foot. <laughs> Take care of that. The, the other thing I just would share that uh, uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful Saturday here in our uh, house. We went to, to the movie in the afternoon where it's a the live from the Met and we watched the live performance in New York from in New York City, but we watched it here in Springfield, Illinois, of uh, the opera Regaletto. And I'll tell you, Frank, if you like opera at all, and you can't afford or can't find time or are nowhere near the the Met, there four, six or seven of the operas are being shown around the world on movie theaters, and. Uh, the, the great part about it, of course, the, the, the opera Rigoletto, I'd heard a lot of the music, but I'd never seen the opera. And uh, it sort of has sort of a sad, yucky ending, but the music is so beautiful and the singers were incredible and uh, I just liked it. But the joy, Frank, of watching the opera at the movies is that when there's a, the intermission, like we had one between Acts 1 and 2 in this particular opera. They take us behind the scenes, and we saw the most incredible rearrangement of the stage. They totally, totally, in about 10 minutes, redid the entire stage, including putting up walls and floors and moving in furniture and all of that. The, the organization, the swiftness, that they did that transformation. It's just incredible. It's almost as much fun to see that as to hear the beautiful music. So, and then that evening, I mean, you know, this was the cherry on the top. Our own local Illinois Symphony Orchestra had a concert. So we went to the opera in the afternoon, grabbed a bite to eat, and dashed out to the university and 
heard our own Illinois Symphony Orchestra play a wonderful concert. And after so much downtime, our musicians are so glad to be able to play again and to rejoice. And even though the audience is still pretty sparse, we just keep praying and hoping that uh, people will feel more safe and come out. But our particular hearts had great joy as we celebrated with music. But I understand that sometimes life isn't always that joyful. So today we're going to talk about something called worry. I'm sure that sometime in your life you've experienced worry. How do you handle worry in your life? Well, uh, the it, one of the things I got into, uh, one you know, and 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 again, not as a substitution to the to the good book, not as a substitution to the Bible, but uh, I I started getting into self help early, and uh, and I heard a great line about worry, and they coupled it with worry, doubt, and fear, are the unholy trio of of demons that you have to conquer. In order to get anywhere. Now again, that doesn't mean that uh, that once you you get past that, uh, that you're not going to worry. I'm a worrier, to be honest with you. I really I, I am a worrier. Um, I'm not I'm I'm not uh, debilitated by it, but uh, I, I I worry. I got four kids, and uh, and even you know the 29 year old when he was home for COVID, stayed home for COVID when he was. Um, uh, when he was out and his car wasn't home, even you know, two o'clock in the morning, if he was, if I knew he was, you know, with with, uh, with friends of his somewhere, or they were out at a nightclub, I, I would be worried. I I would be worried even at twenty nine, and, and I know he would never drink and drive or do anything like that. Uh, but I, I am a worrier. I worry about what other people might do. Uh, the serenity prayer. I think is a good way to get by it. But anyway, I don't know if those are good answers. But to me, those, uh, you know, it, worry is a big deal. And, and it's it's something that we have to deal with. And we uh, if we don't learn to at least conquer some of it, um, it it's going to be a long, unhappy life if worry dominates your life. I, and I, I have a feeling, Frank, that very few people never, ever worry. Uh, it's sort of a, an attribute that, in a sense, the Lord gave us as creations, the ability to to think and to not have all problems solved automatically. I read the other day a piece, an idea that a husband had. He had a wife that probably worried excessively if I read the article and understood it carefully. So he told a friend what he did. He made a pocket. He hung up this pocket, and he told his wife, every time you have something you worry about, are ready to worry about, write it down on a piece of paper. Put that piece of paper in the pocket, and then give it over to God and say, okay, God, the problem's yours now. And then you go on with your life, and listen and relax and do but the physical writing it down seemed to have some beneficial effect and then stuff it, it could just as easily have been a box or a wastebasket or anything else the idea of literally handing it over and giving it away and 
I think we I think it's something we might remember as a practical way. But then you know me, I want us to look, sort of look at the scripture. Yeah. And I want to share Philippians 4, 6 through 7 with our audience. And they can look it up later and reread it if they'd like. But it just starts right out. Paul is talking to the Philippian church. And he said, he, he tells them, first of all, rejoice in the Lord always. And he said, rejoice. But then he says in the sixth verse, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, do two things. I added the two, do two, two things. Through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present those requests, those needs to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We don't understand how it happens. He is greater than we are. But we do need to get into the practice of dumping our concerns in his lap because that's part of what he's here for. And the article that I read went on to suggest, okay, we're looking at 2022, New Year's resolutions. What are some things that we should be praying about? And, or not. Well, we'll talk about prayer just a little later. Let's just worry about worry right at the moment. I don't know how you actually conquer worry, but I know I need to pray more about it. And I know I worry. I worried when I was in the hospital. I have doubts sometimes that I have ability to do something. I think most in our audience also. But we just have to remember, have that conversation with God. He will be there, Frank. And when we have sadness in our life, he listens to us. When we lose someone we love, he's there to help comfort. That doesn't mean we'll have not have tears, but it all goes together because that's part of worry. So I'm chalking worry off of my list for 2022, and you can do whatever you like. But yeah, I think we could maybe we could at least reduce the amount of worry as we begin to trust more. I think probably the kids, your kids, sometimes uh, worry. Uh, about something and they're afraid to ask and then as they gain confidence they worry a little less and as you gain confidence in the kids not running away stealing the $20 bill out of your billfold or running into a telephone pole with their bicycle or whatever parents worry about you get more confidence and you're less anxious so that's my message for that but I want to I got a quiz for you do, do you have your 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 January end of January brain on and you're ready. I got six six questions for you. Think, let's see how you can do it. These th this was a list of nine that I found, and we're only going to do six. And it was just a, a a way to encourage people to open up their brain and think just a bit. These are not trick questions. These are real pieces of information. But you know, it's good to know about our world. So this first one. Can you name the one sport in which neither the spectators nor the participants know the score or the leader until the contest is ended? See, I I, I was going to say um, ice skating, but I know why 
it uh, I know why it's not right. I didn't understand uh, when uh, when I thought about this before. Um, and and I'm cheating a little bit here because I think I got a hint from you before. I'm going to say boxing. Bingo. So you've got one out of six already, Frank. Okay. All right. You're right on. You're right on. You're doing fine. Okay. Number two. Of all the vegetables in the world, only two that we know of can live to produce on their own for several growing seasons without you having to replant. In other words, the vegetable keeps coming up year after year. Most everything else has to be replanted. You know, if I'm going to plant lettuce, I'll give one away. So don't tell me it's lettuce because, or radishes or whatever. They, you have to replant the seeds annually. But these two, you do not. You want to make a guess? Uh, I, 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 I don't think I would know this one, but I'll tell you this. I'm amazed that it's only two. Out of all the vegetables and fruits in the world, there's, there's two of them. Um, Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Uh, 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 asparagus is one. But you, what is? Uh, asparagus. Yes, yes, great. That, that green thing that a lot of people don't like, but I love. I love asparagus, especially well-done asparagus. I, I, I even like it fresh. I like fresh asparagus, uncooked. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. And the next one I won't get, so tell us. Tell us the next one. You want to guess on the second one? Uh, it, I think of it, Frank, more as a fruit. But they tell me it's really considered a vegetable, and I guess living things are considered vegetables, oh. even if the, even if we classify them as fruit. And I'll give you another hint: it's sort of, it isn't like it isn't celery, but it sort of is the same shape as celery, and it's sort of red in color. You got it. Okay. All right. Two two down. You're doing fine. All right. Now next one. What fruit has its seeds on the outside? You know, like a, a pear has uh, yep. or an apple. Ha- the seeds are on the inside. There's one fruit that has its seeds on the outside. I- I'm going to say strawberries. Great, Scott. That's three out of three. <laughs> You're doing wonderful. All right. Question number four. And I'll tell you, I only got two of the three of this one. So, I, you, you know, only three words in standard English begin with the letters D-W, D as in dog, W as in water. Only th- two, three words, pardon me. All the, uh, uh, of, and they are all common words, one that everybody will know. So you want to guess and think of what three words? Dwarf is one? Correct. All right, dwarf is one. Let me see what else. Um, wow. Oh, this is a tough one. There's only three. Well, at least according to the author of this article. Uh, let's see. What would, uh, oh, uh, 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 you would live in uh, dwell. dwell. Right. And those are the two I got. Now, there's one more. And, and I knew the word as soon as I saw it, but I didn't think of it. All right. So let me see. I'm, I'm going to go through. All right. So D, W, uh, dwell. Well, dwelling is just a uh, offshoot of dwell, so it's not that. Um uh, let me see. How about D W O dwarf? No, D W A dwarf. We got already. Uh, D W U dwarf. No, 
D W A E I O U. It's all right. I'll give you one hint. D W I. D W I. Okay. Uh, dwindle. It, you got it. Perfect. Okay. Four out of four. Wow. What's I know. I know. You're, it's impressive. It's impressive. Maybe that's why you're in charge of radio. Okay. <laughs> Name the only vegetable or fruit that is never sold, frozen, canned, processed, cooked or in any other form except fresh. Lettuce? Yeah. All right. it, it, I can't imagine freezing lettuce. You know, if it freezes, it's, it's yucky. And, and, and I, I think they once in a while put lettuce in some things, but you don't really buy it at least um, uh, all cooked up probably. So, but lettuce is right. All right. Now. The last one, there's a whole bunch of them. And just for fun, if you can come up with, they want you to think of at least six or more things that you can wear on your feet, beginning with S. And we're not going to think of them all, but just give me a handful, just for fun, since that's one of them. Socks, slippers, um, shoes, sneakers, um, I think I want an S, snowshoes, that that doesn't, uh, skis. Yep. How about skis? The snowshoes also and skis. Uh, skis. How about um, skates? skates? Perfect. Um, let me see. Skates. Um, how, how many are there all total? I, they they don't say how many, and I think there could be lots of them. I had one more on my list, and that was uh, uh, stilts. Stilts. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, stilts. Yeah, right, which yeah. would which would be? But you got the more That's of it. A great well, one. Wow, I think I think that you did very well. And I'm going to alert you that um, a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to have come up with six questions about with, on Valentine's Day, the day we do the Valentine one, six from the Bible that deal with love. So you can start thinking about what I might uh, quiz you on at that time, and we'll have a little love lovers quiz on, the, on on February the 14th. So enough of stretching your brain. Let's just take a few minutes here to, to look at one other uh, topic, and that's about prayer, because uh, uh, we all need to pray, and we do. And it's really talking to God. So that made me think about, you're the father. I've never had kids. Children don't always begin saying thank you. My understanding is that young people tend to be more inclined to say, Dad or Mom, I'd like this, or could you buy me this? I want to, I want to, I want to. When did your kids start saying thank you, Dad or Mom? Uh, we appreciate it, or, you know, some of those kinds of words. When did they sort of shift and have a balance? Do you know, I, I it's funny to say, but uh, they've always been very, pl- everyone always used to say about our kids that they're the most polite kids, and I'm going to give my my beautiful wife, Kristen, credit there. She has been absolutely great in raising them every step of the way, but um, it, yeah, it, early on, uh, maybe three years old, four years old. Uh, wow. Three, yeah, very early. Two, um, we used to say the the gimmies, you know, and they, and they just didn't understand, you know. But you would you would say please, you know, and you train them. It's 
it's almost you know, it sounds terrible, but you you're training them almost like you would train you know like a, a puppy or, or whatever when they're when they're that young. And I know people get offended when you compare, but once they start getting more uh, of a sense of reason, then um, it, you know it's it's not difficult to just not give a child something they want until they ask properly and properly is is please may i have or or may i have or and then also once they they got what they wanted to uh, to show appreciation and thank you you know uh, it's I, I don't think teaching politeness is all that difficult i am always shocked i'm always shocked that um that people have that problem with their kids our kids have been terrific and again, I'm going to give my credit to the kids and to uh, and to, and to my wife on that. But we, we, we in solidarity, we wanted polite kids. Now let's let's just take it to the next step. Your head, and that's wonderful. And I think that saying thank you when somebody gives you something is a very natural kind of transition from give me, I want, you know, I'm crying, I need my milk or whatever it is. Now, let's go to the next level of thanks, thankfulness. And that's initiating a word of thanks or appreciation when the person hasn't handed you a lollipop, but maybe they have done something. Maybe you have seen them uh, uh, help somebody else, and you say, wow, I really appreciate the way how you help somebody else, how you help them over the, the curb with a walker, how you uh, call them and t- drop by some food when they were sort of hungry. You know, I really thank you for that friendship and those kind of actions. That's what I would call second level of appreciation and thank you. How do we help people go that way, or can we? I think that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful thought, and you know that would take more thought um, on the uh, on on the parents, um, on, on the parents' side of things, and like if you say when did they grab that concept, that's much later, and and the one thing that I could say is uh, is that. W- as soon as the kids got to a level of understanding, we used to say to them, when you're sitting across the table from someone or you're sitting across a desk from someone, um, try to think to yourself, what can I do for him or what can I do for her? But don't Oh, that's think, good. Yeah, don't think to yourself, what can they do for me? Think the other way around. And then hopefully the, the person on the other side is is on the same um, you know, along the same framework, and and if you're being taken advantage of by that uh, by that individual, then you know that that's not somebody that you want a friendship with. You know, that's somebody who's a who's a taker, and they don't give at all, and and what have you. But that's that's like the closest thing that we have to to have. Um, initiated that and that was a little later you know that you know when they're nine years old when they're 10 years old and and that's yeah and that's to get them focused on other people's uh needs rather than their own so let's take it to stage three your kids are now uh, and i'll just use a silly example but let's pretend one of your kids was a part of an athletic team 
that they really liked their coach. Could a parent say to Johnny, you know, you, you, you seem to like Coach Jim, whatever, I'm making up the names. You seem to really like him. What is it that you really like about him? What makes him a good coach? Why are you glad you're playing on that team? And they, they list something. Oh, he gives me a pat on the back when I do something well, or he, he chose the right kind of uniform for it. I don't know, what, whatever, something that they like. Then say, okay, Johnny, have you ever thought about just someday when you're sort of casually talking to the coach, you say, hey, you know, coach, I really appreciate the fact that every time or most of the time when uh, I make a particularly great pass to the other player on the football team, you smile at me or you put a thumbs up. You know, you really give me a lot of positive feedback that helps me want to go ahead and work. And they sort of have to think of what it is that they like, and then initiate a kind of positive response. Does that make sense in the third stage of growth? Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, it's it's showing appreciation for being appreciated in a sense, right? It's showing, right. You know, it's showing, now let's yeah, responding but, to but, appreciation. Right now, let's take that to the Christian, to the adult, yep. and who is our father? God. So, when we're really little, as a Christian, now we, we may be 20, we may be 2, I mean 6 or 8 or however, but whatever. At some age, we mostly say, oh God, would you please heal me? Uh, I really would like for my uh, father to be less in, in less pain. Um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that... Uh, uh, the church needs some money. Would you help us have, you know, we sort of ask. And then we need to begin to see that I also need to say thank you. You know, God, the, I noticed the other day that I didn't get as worried when I had to speak at church. I just wanted to say thank you for that. And you know, God, our minister his sermon Sunday really touched my heart, and I know you and the Holy Spirit were a part of that. Thanks, God, for giving me an opportunity to sort of um, be uh, blessed and to grow as a Christian. And, and I'll give you a, a, a real example from my own life Sunday. Uh, we have a class for, for adults after our church worship service. And our associate minister has been teaching from the book of Acts. And we were studying Acts 2, verses 42 to 45. We had the most thoughtful, in-depth look at those three or four verses Sunday. My brain was working the entire time to keep up and to know and to anticipate and to share a bit. I said thank you to the Lord, but I also said thank you to our minister. Because, you know, we sometimes forget that preachers, church workers, and the Lord really 
Philip Award probably doesn't need the boost. He needs, he likes for us to show appreciation. But certainly his worker bees need a boost. And I don't know if you ever stop to say thank you to your minister or your song leader at church or your sister when she was doing great programs at the church. We, we sometimes just take it for granted. Well, preacher preached another sermon, sir, is good. Bet he had a good week. And they and we forget that they have all the worries of the congregation that, you know, they call and they worry about this and they complain about this and why didn't you wear this suit and why did you say say these words? You know, all the things. They get lots of gripes. But when's the last time we've said thank you to them? When's the last time we said, Lord, thank you? Now, I need to also ask the Lord for help. I need to have positive attitudes. You know, I've said this before. I have a temper at times. I pray all the time, Lord, to help me keep my tongue in, t- in, in control. So there's nothing wrong in asking that he help me do something, like a kid would ask for an ice cream cone. I'm not asking for an ice cream cone. I'm asking for my tongue to be still. But I guess I would encourage our, our audience to think about thanking, not just asking, appreciating, reaching out, praying for the weary, thanking him that somebody's healed, asking for uh, a person who needs some a job, help them have the ability to find where they need to go, Lord, because as they do that, they're going to be more able to worship and share with you because we need to look at their whole life. Jesus was not just concerned with their spiritual being. Remember, he healed a few people and he did a few other, fed a widow, you know, did a few things to help people out. There's nothing wrong with helping people. So that's my serious part of today, Frank. Let's pray. We just need to learn to pray. I, I love it. You know, I absolutely love it. And I love the idea of of, of thanking the Lord for, uh, for things uh, that he's already given us uh, even before we ask for something else. I think we have such a tendency to ask the Lord for uh, for for things when we need them, as we need them, almost like he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're. we're treating the Lord like a servant, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm going to ask him, I need something right now. Let me, you know, let's, let's show appreciation towards the Lord for all that he's done for giving us life in the first place and giving life to other people that we love. And, and, and the fact that once we go that we're, he's going to be there for us, he's going to be there waiting for us when, uh, when we're going into, you know, let's, let's face it, a frightening, moment we if we know that we're going to see the lord um and he's going to be there for us uh, we're we're going to be all right we're going to we're going to get there who else can you ask for so in the meanwhile thank you lord for giving me health thank you lord for for you know giving me these ideas or this tongue to to do my job my uh, my voice uh, the opportunity wonderful friends and people and loved ones around uh, thank you for all of that uh, oh, by the way, uh, can you help me out of this? <laughs> can you help me out of this big, big problem I'm in now? Or can you help me uh, do this? Uh, one more thing, but I do appreciate what you've done. But I, I, I think you've made a just an incredible point here. 
And you always do, Catherine. Um, like I said, you get me thinking. You get me thinking, and I know you get a lot of people uh, doing the same. It's just wonderful. Thank you for that. Well, you know, just as we enjoy conversation, Frank, uh, I, I think we need to remember that prayer is conversation. It, it isn't. Uh, and, and the problem is we tend to do all the talking in prayer, even if it's thanks as well as appreciation. We also need to read the scriptures because that's God talking back to us. And we need to keep our brain and our mind and our heart open because the Holy Spirit also indirectly gives us information. We need to make true conversation is two-way. Otherwise, it's sort of like a speech. And uh, so I think that's the other thing as we sort of look in the beginning of 2022 is how can I improve my prayer life? Don't get upset if you weren't doing things right. You didn't you didn't spank your kids because they never said thank you. You just encouraged them to grow. And that's what we need to do ourselves to our own with our own brain. Is God, I can always get better in my way of communicating with you. Whether I'm a two-year Christian, not a two-year-old, but a two-year Christian or I've been a Christian for 75 years of my life, I still can always improve and be more gracious, be more a better listener. And so, but that's really one of my, sort of my goals for this year is to be a little more careful about my prayer life. So it's been great to talk to you today. Same here, Catherine. And and to everyone out there, uh, please, the, uh, take our appreciation and our thanks for for you tuning in each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. Catherine Ransom has been our host uh, for for so many uh, weeks. Please binge listen to shows you haven't heard, and we thank you once again for tuning in. Frank McKay signing off. Ransom notes is what you've been hearing. Buy the book and, and read the read the emails. And we'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.